Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Hey, good morning, 908, 90, ooh, just clicked over, 909 on KDXU. I'm Andy Griffin, live from the Camping World of St. George Studios here on North Bluff Street. Kind of hazy out there. I don't know, the, some smoke and some dust, a little bit of wind. We'll see if we can get to the bottom of that during the hour here, what, why it's so hazy. I have a, a beautiful picture window view out uh, looking east, kind of a northeast-ish the Red Rocks, Red Mountain, and uh, and then I can, if I look off to the right, there's, uh, of course, St. George City proper, and it looks kind of hazy today. I don't know why. Going to be hot, but I'm telling you, I am so happy to report we have a cooling trend over the weekend. Uh, high 90s today, low 90s tomorrow, high mid 80s uh, on Sunday, and then Monday, we won't even reach 80. It'll be in the 70s. How cool is that? Uh, anyway, uh, 909-910 on KDXU. Uh, we have uh, a bunch of prizes we've given away today. Uh, tomorrow, this is really cool, 320. It is the uh, Maverick, the Top Gun Maverick show. We rented out one of the theaters over there at the Pineview Megaplex. And, uh, yeah, already given away a bunch of tickets to that. Uh, one of the cool things about it, uh, you get to be, I think it only holds 120 people or something like that. So you get to be one of the, of the people, 130, something like that. Anyway, uh, one of the people involved in that. And uh, we're going to have uh, George Gio is going to join us in the uh, theater. He went to Top Gun. He was a Top Gun. Uh, and we'll have him uh, hopefully tell us a story or two as we get ready for the, uh, as we get ready for the movie. And then the movie plays at 320. I'll be there also tomorrow at the Home Expo. Home Expo actually goes uh, starts today in about uh, 50 minutes uh, over at the Dixie Center. Tomorrow I'll be there from 11 to 1 doing interviews and getting to know people and talking to folks. And uh, that's tomorrow, the Home Expo. Uh, and by the way, if you re- it's free. Uh, it's free to park, free to enter. If you register... When you get there, you have a chance to win a pair of tickets to see the old cowboy, George Strait himself, in Las Vegas. Uh, So a really cool opportunity to see a cool concert, plus all the cool uh, booths. In fact, we're going to be talking in about 20 minutes to Troy Paul of the Barbecue Pit Stop about his booth and his new concept, the outdoor kitchen, modular outdoor kitchen, easy to build. Uh, they, they basically built it. All you have to do is put it together in, in your backyard. No, no longer have to spend $10,000 on a contract or $15,000 on a contractor and wait for his time when he gets around to doing it. Instead, you can just buy that modular kitchen over there at the barbecue pit stop. Anyway, a lot of, uh, that, I think that's really cool as well. Uh, yesterday, <clears throat> not yesterday, Wednesday, I talked with Mike Lee. I want to play this. It's very short, uh, about five minutes or so. Uh, here's Mike Lee. I talked to him. Uh, on the radio just the other day. And on the telephone right now, we are joined by Mike Lee, Senator from the state of Utah, representing us in the U.S. Congress. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great, Andy. It's good to be with you as always. Thanks for coming on. We usually have you on later on in the hour, but uh, hey, I'll take you whenever I can get you, Mike. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk a little bit about this Formula Act. Uh, It seemed like a slam dunk, 100%, right? And and yet there was one person that that held out on you. What's what's going on with your Formula Act? 
Well, look, my formula act is something that can help solve the baby formula crisis quickly, immediately, in fact. And unfortunately, President Biden so far has been more interested in photo ops than real solutions. And House Democrats seem determined simply to throw money at the problem without actually providing more supply. And so my bill allows for formula to be imported from safe countries, countries from which we already import pharmaceutical products. Uh, and it also cuts tariffs and quotas, uh, making it more affordable to import. And it allows WIC families to purchase whatever formula brand might be available. These three simple changes to the law are pretty easy to make, and they'll affect the market on a macro scale. Uh, but you're right. We, we, we drew an objection from uh, one Democratic senator last week, uh, Senator Patty Murray from Washington. I've been working with her uh, to try to uh, alleviate uh, concerns that she's got and, and uh, hope to be able to get this passed in the next few days. Did she say, well, I mean, it seems like an, an easy, I can't even imagine anyone objecting to this. Did she say what her problem with it was and, and how we could get over her, whatever problem this is? You know, I, I got the sense that she perhaps didn't understand the full ramifications of it, didn't understand uh, how simple it would be uh, in order to fix this. But that's why uh, I, I've been relieved that, she and her staff have been uh, willing to work with us on this. And um, little by little, we're working our way through it. And I think we're going to end up with some variation of a passing. Awesome. That is that is so great, Mike. Uh, you and I have talked a lot about during our segments about inflation and how much money the average American and especially the average Utah family is paying more for the same goods from even just a year ago. Uh, that's why it's, I think a lot of folks were concerned when we're sending a whole bunch of money out to help in the war efforts with Ukraine when we're having our own struggles here at home. Do you have any thoughts on what's going on with that? Yeah, look, whenever the federal government gets into doing things that are outside of what it ordinarily should do, everything gets more expensive insofar as we just print more money. It's when yeah. you print more money, you have the classic problem of, too many dollars chasing too few goods. And that problem can be compounded even further when the federal government uh, continues to identify problems that it wants to spend money on but sees the pool of money from which it can draw as virtually limitless, leading it to print even more money. And so these problems build on each other, and they get even worse when the federal government over-regulates and engages in protectionist activity in order to protect a small handful of large, wealthy corporations. And that's where you see price spikes and problems like the, uh, the shortage of formula. And so the answer to all these things is to refocus the federal government on the things that only the federal government can do, on the things that are unambiguously the responsibility of the federal government, and then you'll see it doing a better job at those things and causing fewer problems for the economy. Yeah, good point. We're talking with Senator Mike Lee. Uh, Mike, again, appreciate you coming on today. Will you talk a little bit about what's going on over there in the Supreme Court? They had that leak about a decision about uh, kind of deregulating, basically, or overturning Roe v. Wade and putting it on the state's hands on what to do about abortion. Uh, after that initial uproar and, you know, the leaking things that shouldn't have been leaked, we haven't really heard much since from the Supreme Court. Yeah, we, we haven't. They're still um, uh, w waiting for the right moment to issue their decision. I think that while the tension's hot, 
for this issue, and the justices are being harassed and threatened in their homes in violation of all sorts of laws. Yeah. I believe Chief Justice Roberts and the associate justices are not allowing the leak to influence the court's operation in any way. And I think that includes the timing. And so I, I suspect that will mean this is likely to be issued at, at any time between now and the end of June. Um, I'm guessing it may be uh, uh, toward the, the latter end of that window. And all that being said, I, I hope and pray the Supreme Court will overturn Roe versus Wade, yeah. uh, as, as was contemplated in Justice Alito's masterful uh, draft majority opinion. But the rage from the left is only going to intensify, and those who are calling uh, 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 on others to protest and those who are willing to stoop uh, to these lows won't stop. And any undue delay from this decision to, you know, appease the mob is going to have a dangerous effect on our republic and the legitimacy of the court. But look, the left's goal here, just to be very clear, they want to delegitimize any institution that doesn't count out of their power. And uh, that's one of the reasons why you see this concerted effort. You see some of my colleagues, including Senator Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts, actively pushing for packing the Supreme Court with progressives. Now, she used to be a law professor. Uh, she and everyone else on the left ought to know better. Um, uh, but this is, uh, this is the predictable result of, of the left not getting its way anymore, and so they want to delegitimize the court and ruin it. I felt so strongly about this that I wrote a book about it. It's called Saving Nine. Uh, it's available for pre-order now, and uh, it, it talks about the court packing and why it's so dangerous why it's antithetical not only to um, a good judicial system, uh, but antithetical to the Constitution itself. It explains what we can do to stop it and why it matters. Typical uh, typical left. If they don't like the rules, they'll just change them in their favor. But uh, appreciate you putting a book out about that. Saving Nine is the name of it again, right? Yes, Saving Nine. It's available on Amazon or pretty much anywhere else books are sold. All right, Mike, i got to get to news, but thank you for coming on for a few minutes. Senator Mike Lee, any other thoughts before you go? No, look, uh, our country's going through tough times, uh, to be sure, but uh, our best days remain ahead of us because we believe in freedom, and our Constitution makes that the law. So all we have to do is, is um, follow that document and make sure that we as citizens elect people who are willing to follow the Constitution and do so aggressively. Well said. All right. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Thank you. Senator Mike Lee here on KDX. It was a fun talking to Mike, uh, addressing a couple of major issues. It got me to thinking about what what is really important. What's, you know, if, if you prioritize, prioritize things in your life, uh, what's really important? I think 99% of us are going to go with our family before anything else. Uh, and... and and as he talked about the baby formula shortage, and as we think about what happened in Texas a couple of days ago, uh, it got me to thinking, you know, if, if you're a dad, if you're a father, your number one priority should, I believe, be to your children. Whether it's raising them correctly, whether it's protecting them, uh, if there is danger, whether it's uh, coming to their rescue when they need it, your number one priority should be to your children. That's, that's what I believe. Uh, and so as we look at the, the events of the last week or so, 
the, the baby formula shortage. Here is a direct threat. If you're the father of, a, of an infant child and your wife doesn't breastfeed or doesn't breastfeed much, whatever, for whatever reason, uh, you need baby formula. And there wasn't any. There was, it was out. And, and you know, what, at what lengths would you go to as a dad knowing your baby needs that formula to, to get it? Now, I'm, I'm not advocating violence, but I'm saying, look, Dad, uh, you're a man. If you're a man, if you're the guy, if you're the dad, you should be doing whatever you can to make sure your child has what he needs, he or she needs to succeed. Uh, and then the same goes with what happened in Uvalde, Texas. Some facts, these are facts now from Uvalde, Texas, and, and you have a lot of people trying to cover things up, a lot of people trying to make excuses, but the fact of the matter is this crazed gunman went into a school through an unlocked door. That's a whole other story there that we'll get to uh, later, but uh, went in through an unlocked door, uh, went into a classroom, and for the next hour, nobody bothered him. They, nego- quote-unquote, negotiated with him. Supposedly, he th- fired a few shots out, you know, into the air to keep cops from coming, you know, coming in. But for 56 minutes, just shy of an hour, nobody went in to try to save the kids. Nobody. You had dads there on scene. Dads wanted to go. I imagine being Texas, a lot of them were armed, probably had a sidearm or something. Dads wanted to go in and say, I want to do whatever I can to save my child. My child's in that, in that school. My child's probably in that classroom. My child may have already been shot. I don't know. And, uh, you know, even if my child has been shot, he might not be dead. He, he or she might be bleeding. As a dad, I want to go in there. And these dads are at the, at the school and like, let's go in. And the police said, no, we might get shot. It's dangerous. The dad said, I don't care. I'll get shot for my child if I can somehow make a difference in my child living or dying. And I think most of us dads feel that way. Uh, and, and so, I mean, if you're a man, if you're a father, if I just can't see, I, I don't understand why they waited so long. How many lives would have been saved? Maybe, maybe, and I don't think so, but maybe the guy shot and killed all 21 people that he killed the first few minutes, and they all died right away. Nobody bled out, whatever, they were just dead right away. Maybe that happened. I doubt it. Uh, But in the meantime, police set up barricades. They didn't have a key to get in the school. Apparently the guy got in uh, an open door and then locked it behind him or shut it behind him or whatever. Uh, and for nearly an, an agonizingly long 56 minutes, nearly an hour, the police just just kept a vigil, just, just sat out there. And I guess they negotiated. There was, as far as I know, there was no sniper. Uh, and during that time, and I truly believe this, some of those kids were still alive and might have been able to be saved had the police gone in and gotten that guy. Now there's, I know there are people out there and if you want to call and be a part of the show, six, seven, three, five, eight, ninety eight, that say, Hey, Andy, you don't know Jack. It was a dangerous situation. Police did what they had to do. Maybe so, 
But I'm just telling you what I would have wanted to do. There's a possibility that one or two or five of those kids might have been saved, or, or the two teachers, had they gone in sooner, had they not waited an hour to go in and get the guy. I don't know about equipment. Maybe he had a better gun than them. I don't know any other details except that for 56 minutes, those people that were shot in that classroom had no help. There was no relief. Nobody was coming for almost an hour. And uh, I, don't, I don't think that's right. I think that's pretty messed up. Uh, all right, let's go. Uh, let's take some phone calls here. Uh, all right, uh, you're up first. What's up? Thank you for calling, by the way. Good morning, Andy. I, I 100% agree. Because I'm thinking about an incident that happened up north a couple years ago. Some some guy, some wacko with a uh, knife, went cut up a bunch of people in a grocery store. And, you know, he wasn't stopping. There was a, an elderly citizen who happened, had a concealed carry. He pulled the, the, the gun on him in the parking lot and he said, put the knife down or you have to put you down. And the guy dropped the knife. Hmm. So, I mean, the, the only time anything ever happens to a bad guy with a gun is when a good guy with a gun steps up. True. You know, fortunately, the tactics here in Utah are a lot different than they were apparently at that school. Because, you know, talking to local police enforcement, you know, they go on a four-man team. If they're on a four-man team, they go in. They don't. They don't wait. It's not. They don't. When there's an active shooting situation in a school here, they go in. There's no hesitation. Could have been. I just don't understand what fell apart there. Yeah, lives. Lives could have. Been, I, I firmly believe that a, a few of those kids might have lived had the police gone in right away. I believe that. Completely agree with you, Andy. Thank so, you, sir. All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, just uh, frustration, anger. Imagine if you're a dad. You're. You know your kid is in that classroom. Don't know if he's dead or he or she is dead or alive. Don't know anything about it. All you know is the police have set up a barricade. You're back behind the barricade, and uh, you say, "Hey, let's go." And they said, "No, it's it's not safe yet." It's not safe for who? For a guy with a gun, a police officer with a gun? Maybe not. But how safe is it for an unarmed nine-year-old? See what I'm saying? All right, let's uh, let's get to Seth on. Seth has been hanging on as well. Seth, uh, thank you for calling. What's up? Um, how are they negotiating with this uh, wacko? I I guess they must have gotten a cell number, maybe, and they were calling him. Huh. I wonder if they could call a teacher, the principal, the janitor, or seventy five thousand people that might be in that building, and say, "Where is this thug?" Yeah, And if you're afraid of confronting him directly, you pick a place, you pick a door, you breach it, a window, whatever it is. And uh, uh, we've got a problem with uh, uh, mores and, and protocol and all of this kind of thing. And action is what is required. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, not not talking, action. Sometimes you have to evaluate, Seth, a situation. You have to go, all right, talking's not going to work here. we got to get something done, or people are going to die, and people did die because of it. Why talk? Why not just take action, come into the building, and surely the principal or a bunch of the teachers, uh, um, he's not, uh, where is he? Is he controlling all the phones in the building? In this day and age, I think that's pretty much uh, out of the question. Yeah, impossible. Yep. So uh, this is going to go on, and once again, all of us are eternal beings. 
We're here for a period of time to go to school, and at some point we're going to leave. But who we are, um, Andy Griffin, is, is going to be Andy Griffin from now on. Yeah. Maybe he learns a couple lessons. Maybe I learned a couple of lessons. But uh, we need to sort of uh, try to figure out what's right and what to do and do it promptly. Yeah, well, well said. Uh, don't don't sit. Uh, decide and act. Yeah. It, well, I mean, you're a sitting duck. Um, I have a. I'm holding a book in my hand, and there's there's not enough time now. But the name of the book is Drop Acid. Now, what does that mean to you? Did you say Drop Acid? Yes. There's a big cherry in the middle of Drop. By the way, sounds like a, a '60s uh, Woodstock moment. Well, it's written by David Perlmutter, M.D., New York Times bestseller. And the acid he's talking about is uric acid. Ah, okay. Now, now the uric acid comes from a famous uh, sweetener called fructose. Yes, the the enemy of us all. It should be at least a high, the high, uh, what, what do they call it, the processed fructose? High fructose corn syrup. That's the one, yeah. And they put it in everything. So the first thing you need to do is eliminate all sugar. And he goes into a detail. And I could read the whole book to you. But the one I thought was interesting is that when the blueberries and the blackberries and the choke cherries and whatever, the bears go out and they eat 50 pounds a day. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, and then there's a trigger with uric acid or with fructose to put on weight for the winter. Yeah, hibernate. And so if they don't put on the weight, um, they don't make it till springtime. They die. Right, yeah. Okay, so human beings and bears and a lot of other, and the animals that hibernate, put on massive amounts of weight, but... If we go to Costco or any place in town and buy up those healthful things called blueberries and blackberries and cherries and strawberries, every day of the year, we have overloaded ourselves with fructose, which then turns into uh, uric acid acid and um, a profile of heart disease, of gout, of diabetes, of brain functions, of stroke. Uh, Practically, metabolic disease is the word I was looking for, and the metabolic disease is the number one, 70% of all medical uh, uh, spending is on metabolic disease, and I think most people listening to this broadcast is uh, has some form or all of the forms of metabolic disease, and all you need to do is take black tart cherries, quercetin, a, a luteal compound, uh, some uh, chlorella, and it, it's detailed in the book, and it's the best 20 bucks I've spent, and I'm going to go buy today uh, a uric acid meter, and, tr- and determine a baseline, and I'm going to reduce it 
because I'd like to live 913 years like <laughs> Seth did in the Bible. <laughs> All right, Seth. Thanks for the call today. Appreciate it. Thank you. I, I, I actually had, uh, you know, to, to kind of play off of what he's talking about, I actually had a story on The Wire uh, yesterday. Uh, the I think it was New England Journal of Medicine said human beings were not currently built to live past 150. We have, they call it a soft cap, but uh, basically uh, at as we age, especially as we near 100 and get over 100, our body cannot bounce back. And so uh, you might be able to bounce back at 60 or 70 or if you're in your 50s like me, you might be able to bounce back from a sickness. But when you're 90 or 100 or older, uh, you might get a cold or the flu and your body does not have the strength to bounce back. And that's why they put a hard cap right now or soft cap rather right now at 150. As far as I know, I don't think anybody's lived over 150 in uh, a long, long time. Let's, uh, let's check weather now, and then uh, when we come back, we'll take some more phone calls. 673-5890 is the phone number. Uh, we'll do weather, and then we'll talk with Troy Paul from the Barbecue Pit Stop right after this. All right, let's go to the phone line with me on the telephone right now, Troy Paul from the Barbecue Pit Stop. Hi, Troy. Hey, Andy. How are we doing today? Doing all right. Good to talk to you. Now, you've got something special going on, not just you, but a lot of people. Uh, this weekend actually starts, what, in about a half an hour? Yeah, 10 o'clock it starts looking for a good way to get out of the heat come on inside to the home show it's free admission free parking but a lot of awesome vendors here uh, and i'd like to think ourselves will be included on that list of great vendors <laughs> yeah the, the barbecue pit stop of course you can get uh, barbecuers different uh, pellet smokers and other other grills you can get sauces and rubs but you guys have a new product something that is kind of your brainchild a need that you filled yeah, so at the barbecue pit stop, we sell a lot of smokers, grills, rubs, sauces. Um, a lot of people were coming in wanting to build an outdoor kitchen, um, and so they'd come to, to us to buy their grills or, or whatever it is they're putting in. But then they had a problem running into a wall with contractors. They would say, you know, when can you build this for me? they say, well, you know, it'll probably be six months or however many months. And then it's like, or if I can do it for you, then to make it worth my time, then it's going to be you know, a really expensive endeavor for you. So basically what we did is we made an outdoor kitchen kit that can be assembled on your own. It takes, I mean, less than an hour to assemble it on your own. I mean, it's, there's no heavy tools or engineering experience required. It can be put together really quick. We do 95% of the work and they look awesome. I got to say, I, I hate to pat myself on the back, but come and <laughs> take a look at them at the home show. And then you can pat me on the back and say, you know, good job, Troy. That was actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you built those. Uh, you designed those from the ground up. So I, I know this. Uh, you came to me. Has it been a year, maybe a year ago or so, and said, hey, uh, I've, I've got this idea. There's a need out there for uh, modular outdoor kitchens that people can just uh, buy and bring home and put together themselves. And uh, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the new product. I guess you'll have some on display there out there at the uh, at the home show. Yeah, that's the idea. We got a few of them. We got a cool pizza oven area. We've got one with our gas grill, one with the smoker built into it, a fireplace. But what I want to do also today, Andy, is something that we've done in the past, is I want to give away a free barbecue rub to uh. anybody that comes by our booth in the next two days at the home show and says, hey, Andy sent me. 
<laughs> we'll give you a free barbecue rub. Awesome. So, awesome. Free rub. The Outdoor Kitchen Kit is the name of our booth. You'll find us in the back corner there. All right. Looking forward to it, Troy. Thanks for coming on today and telling us a little bit about that. And uh, I look forward to seeing you. I'll be there tomorrow, by the way, from 11 to 1. Uh, spend a little time with you and uh, at the Home Expo at the Dixie Center. Coming for your free barbecue, Rob. I like it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll, I'll tell you Andy sent me. <laughs> That's right. That's a good idea. All right. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Troy. 937 on KDXU. Uh, by the way, again, that is absolutely free, the Home Expo, this weekend. It starts in uh, here in about 20-something minutes. Uh, starts at 10 o'clock. I think it's 10 to 6, some Friday and Saturday. And uh, I'll be there tomorrow from 11 to 1 to uh, talk to people, do some interviews, do some live broadcasts uh, on the air here on KDXU. Uh, looking forward to it. And, of course, while you're there, stop by Troy's uh, Outdoor Kitchen display and say, hey, Andy sent me. And then you get a free rub or you can sprinkle on your favorite meat and uh, barbecue it right there in your own backyard kitchen. Oh, yeah, finally, the world has opened back up. And guess what? The Cash and Cruise promotion is back here on KDXU. You've got a chance to win a $1,500 cruise voucher from Morris Columbus Travel. Also, the Larkin Group with Keller Williams Realty and State Bank of Southern Utah. We're going to give away 48 chances to win that $1,500 cruise voucher. Five of the cabins will be instant $89 cash winners. And then we're going to have a big old cruise party on June 11th where we'll give the cruise away. Lots of free food, free KDXU shirts. It's all coming up. It's Cash and Cruise back on KDXU. This is the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 92.5 KDXU. Stay tuned for Clay and Buck coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's go right to the phone line. Thank you for being patient through the break. What's on your mind today? Hello, me? Yeah, that's you. Go ahead. All right. I never know how I'm supposed to tell, but anyway. I didn't I didn't call today to talk about what the police did or did not do in Texas at the elementary school. Uh-huh. Uh, I've heard on the national and local news and any source that I looked at about more security, maybe using veterans or retired police officers to help guard schools or to increase the use of social workers for people who have issues like this. Um, the thing that I want to emphasize is practicing these uh, methods. So um, an individual that tries to breach schools, what, what we would need, I think, is an individual, like a poli- an undercover police officer or something that nobody in the school staff knows, that uh, goes to these schools randomly and tries to breach the school without telling the school staff, hmm. uh, only having the police themselves know. Um, so, and then... This would include teaching the children not to open the door for anyone. Hey, my wife is an elementary school teacher here in St. George. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to the school from time to time, and there have been several times when the children wanted to open the door for me, and I told them, no, don't you open the door for people you don't know. <laughs> Stay in there. Yeah. Also, I can walk in the front door, and uh, I need to go through the office in order to get into the school. Well, who's going to stop me? I can walk into the office. You know, there's, there's a diversion into the office. Then there's a door that goes right out of the office, right into the hallway. Yeah. Who's going to stop me? Mm, okay? Nobody. Nobody's yeah. going to stop me. Um, and so uh, 
the other thing is St. George, Utah is the most unlikely place for this to happen. Right. So therefore, we need to prepare all the more because it can happen here. Yeah, agreed. As easily as it can happen anywhere else. Yeah, you might have said the same thing about Uvalde, Texas, uh, a few days ago. Un- most unlikely place or one of the more unlikely places for something like that to happen in. Guess what? It did. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Did. Yep. All right. Thanks for the call today. Appreciate it. Uh, what are your thoughts? As we'll go back to the phone line here in a second. What are your thoughts on a, a couple of things? Number one, arming teachers. Uh, you know, should teachers be allowed to conceal carry to school? Is that going to create more problems than solutions? I think it's not a bad idea. The other thing, in fact, I was talking with my son about this. Uh, how about incentives uh, to be certified and an armed teacher? In other words, give a teacher an extra $2,000 bonus a year if they'll go to class, certify in, in uh, carrying, you know, concealed carry and defensive shooting, uh, and then, uh, you know, reward them for doing that kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 there are those out there who would say, well, that last thing you need is to have a teacher with a gun because, you know, what if a student gets unruly? Then you've got shootings uh, from within. I don't know. I don't agree. I think that it's a good idea, but uh, I, could, I, could at least, uh, I could at least understand what people are talking about. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Hey, thanks for calling today. What's on your mind? Good morning, Andy. Morning. You know, there's been a lot. You've said a lot about what's happened in uh in Texas with this shooting, how, where have you gotten your information and how do we know it's true? <laughs> Good point. I've, I've studied it a lot. Uh, what, are you, what are your sources? Oh, well, let's see. Uh, Fox News, Associated Press. Uh, we have a, a news service here called uh, Metro News. Um, let's see, where else have I gone? I've, uh, I've clicked on links on the internet from different uh, news websites, a local news there in, uh, in uh, Southwest Texas, uh, many sources, but, uh, well, here's, yeah, here's my problem, Andy. And, and <laughs> you and I could name several things where the, the press has gotten it wrong over and over and over again. Sure. I am just incredulous. I cannot believe that we had fathers that were at the school that were asking, Mother, may I go into the school and try to protect my child and other children? And when they were told no, they didn't do anything. Andy, if I was there or you were there and your nine-year-old child was in that school, I don't care who said, no, you can't go. I would have bolted Hmm. for the school, armed or unarmed, and I would have done something besides stand there and say, oh, I can't go in? Okay. Who asks permission to go protect your children? Yeah, and we don't know if they were restrained from going in. I can tell you this. I've heard sound bites. I heard them this morning on the on actual sound bites from a dad who said, yeah, I, I told them we need to go in, and they told me no, and I wanted to go in, and they told me no. Uh, I'm I'm with you. I I might have gone in anyway. Shoot me in the back, cop. I don't care. I'm going in. Right. The cops aren't going to shoot you. How this would be from the twilight zone. I don't understand. Well, that's why. First of all, Andy, I don't believe any of this reporting. I don't know. There, there's no source of mainstream media that I trust anymore. So I'm going to wait and find out until there are sources that I do trust that are actually going to talk about what happened. But Andy. 
Nobody is going to tell me or you or any other Texan, I'm sorry, sir, you can't go in. We're going to stand here and we're just going to wait until this guy shoots as many people as he wants. The information doesn't match reality. And so, you know, the earlier caller said, you know, Utah, the most unlikely. Yeah, for me, Texas would be right up there. Yeah, the most I agree. unlikely. I and agree. I'm telling you, I would have bolted for the school and they could shoot me, but I'm not going to stand there and wait for somebody, some crazed guy with a gun inside the school to shoot as many people as he chose. And we're all going to stand outside and wait and see what happens. Andy, that doesn't fit reality. And so I don't believe any of this. Okay. And maybe it's, maybe it's true, but I'll tell you what. If this is who we've become, shame on us. You don't ask permission to go and help somebody. You don't say, Mother, may I? And when they say no, well, okay, I guess I'll go home and, and prepare plans for the funeral for my children and those in the neighborhood. Mm. Something smells here, and I don't know what the facts are, and I don't think you or anybody else at this point, you know, maybe if you were at the school and you were an eyewitness, you can testify to that. But I will never believe that Texans stood by while their children were inside of a school building and took no for an answer. That doesn't fit in my world. All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Uh, Interesting. And actually, having grown up in Texas, I agree. The Texas I knew, you wouldn't have stayed out. You would have gone in. And probably you would have been armed because that's the way things are in Texas. Not only do they have concealed carry in Texas without a license, they have open carry. A lot of guys walk around with a sidearm uh, in public. I don't think I could have stood there. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Hey, thanks for calling. What's up? Hi, Andy. Hi. Happy Friday. Thanks, you too. On the subject, well, I watched the news conference, and they pretty much spelled out what you said. So that was right from whoever's talking, some guy in charge. But anyway, what I heard a couple of times is they had tasers drawn on the parents. Really? Like that. Yep. Wow. They were, they were serious about keeping them out with tasers. But I also heard on Buck and Clay's show, they had a guy who's an expert on these mass shootings in schools. 50% of these shooters have mental problems and have been seeing somebody about it, mm-hmm. 50% of them. And thanks to our psychiatrists and all these liberal laws, they can't put anything on their profile, you know, the cops that know these guys might be a problem. We got big problems, you know. It's not yeah. the guns. It's we're not addressing the real problem, you know, like security in the schools. Like they talked about yesterday, Columbine happened what? 23, 25 years ago. Yeah. Where have we moved since then? Not a damn place. We're still getting our kids killed. No security. Doors are being left open. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Signs up. This is a gun-free zone. And that's it. I I remember when my kids were in in elementary school. It was not too long after all that happened in Columbine. And they started locking the doors. And I remember... Honestly, I, I felt this way. I'm like, oh, come on, it's not going to happen here. It'll, it'll never happen in, in Washington. That's where I live, Washington, Utah. That's never going to happen here. And like I said, they were probably thinking the same thing in Uvalde, Texas, don't you think? Oh, exactly. You know, the doors open to the classroom, second to last day of school or last day of school, whatever it was. Yeah. You know, and 
open doors, little dinky community. You know, we need to, I don't know if you've talked to our school district and see what their procedures are. I know they go locked down pretty quick, you know, but what does that mean? The kids are locked in their classroom. Nobody can get in. How bulletproof are these doors? Yeah. You know? Great question. Yeah. Thanks for calling. I got to move on. Uh, On hold for a while. I think this is AJ. Are you there, AJ? Uh, hey, uh, this is your son AJ. How you doing? <laughs> Good. Thanks. Thanks for calling today. Uh, I, you know, it's been an interesting show talking about you know what a dad or a man should do in in this situation. What are your What's your take? Yeah. So I'm I'm just sick over this whole thing. And um, like your last caller mentioned, there there is video out there of uh, armed uh, uh, a police officer with full body armor and a high powered weapon. And he uh, has a weapon down. He has his taser drawn on parents, preventing them from going in to to do something about this. And that, that is just messed up. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. Um, And then the the other thing that is just sickening is just uh, the, the media narrative and the, what we've seen the left make of this. Um, An example that, that I think I heard on the Glenn Beck show earlier uh, is, is that um, the, the news came out and immediately said that the shooter was confronted by a police officer as he came into uh, the school, and that turned out not to be true. That never happened, nope. And then they're using that saying, see, look, guns don't work, so we need to just take all of your guns. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> and so the, the damage was done, even though that turned out not to be true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Good point. So, um, but- and as, as you know, I work in the school every day, and... Um, the, the fact of the matter is, at, at the schools I work at, we we don't have a police officer every day. The, the police officers cover three to four schools. Wow, is there? So there's many days when there is no police officer on on this the on at the school. So when you're at the now, you work at a high school and a middle school. Is are the doors locked at all times? So the front door, the front door is always unlocked. All the outer doors and and around the perimeter of the school, those are locked at all times. Uh, but you could probably, uh, there's no check-in procedure. I mean, you're supposed to report right to the office, but if you walked right in and and just uh, look like you're on a mission, I don't think anybody would stop you. Wow. Wow. Doors open. So, hmm. All right. Thanks, AJ. And then, oh, I wanted to throw one more thing into is that okay. um, I read some research that if, if we just paid a, uh, an Army veteran or, or an armed person, uh, an armed trusted person to be in every school, it would cost around nine billion a year, and our Congress just sent forty billion to Ukraine. Yeah. So, like, where are the priorities, right? Yeah. If you're going to print money, might as well print it in our favor, right? <laughs> exactly. All right. Thanks, AJ. Good to talk to you, man. Yep. Let's Have go. A good one. Let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, hey, you're on with Andy this morning. What's on your mind? Hi, Andy. Um, I wanted to. Okay, we got. Let me, let me interrupt you for a second. We got a little distortion. Call me right back. I'll get you right on the air right uh, as soon as you call me right back, okay? Sorry about that. Sometimes our little voice over internet pro- protocol, VOPO, VOIPO, they call it, distorts the uh, sound. But we should be good now. All right, go ahead. Hi there. <laughs> Hi. Um, you said something about teachers uh, can still carrying on campus. Yeah. You know, in the, in the state of Utah, legally they can do that. Can they? In, in a school? In a school. Okay. Yes, they can. And they do. So if anybody out there listening uh, feels like they have a deviant idea, just know that there are teachers that can prevent things like this from happening. 
good. That is good. That is actually really good to hear. I appreciate you bringing that up. Yep. Yep. My son's a school teacher up north, and um, he probably wouldn't appreciate this, but he is a concealed carry. Oh, good. Well, I don't, nobody's going to know who he is because we haven't even used nope. your name. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. <laughs> Thanks for yep. calling today. So, uh huh. You're welcome. Uh, I, again, I I really believe like most of these shooters, whether it's a school or a mall or wherever they go, decide to go to shoot. They go to places where they know there aren't going to be guns. They go to places because nobody's going to fight back. They are cowards. And if, if we have an armed guard or if we have school teachers who have been trained in the proper use of weapons and carry one, the shooters aren't going to go there. The, these cowards are going to find easier targets. They're not going to go there. Running short on time, it's 9.56, almost 9.57 on KDXU. Uh, got a good text from somebody, said, uh, yeah, I would live by Columbine High School when all that went down years ago. Uh, and he said uh, there were pictures of police and nobody was going in and uh, outside of the school. And he says, uh, my point is if I had that feeling then and we can, we are still talking about it now, then Maybe action is the answer. Uh, the, I guess, little wild card that we threw in there was uh, uh, the fact that um, maybe they weren't letting the parents going in at gunpoint or at taser point. I don't know. I, I know this, is as Steve said when he called earlier, I, I think he would have had to shoot me. If my child was in that room knowing there was a gunman, especially if I was armed, I would have been in that school, period. A couple of things I want to clear up as we finish up. Uh, he went in through an unopened or unlocked door. We think it was maybe propped open and shut it behind him. So the school was locked, number one. Number two, he went into the very first classroom and barricaded himself in that classroom. So he wasn't walking around the halls uh, shooting people. He actually went into one room. Everyone that was killed in that shooting was all in that one classroom. Uh, again, though, when you look at what happened with the police afterward? Uh, he's in the room. He shot kids. The police believe he shot them all early on, but still, some of them had to still be alive. Some of them still, I mean, they were bleeding and hoping for some kind of help, and uh, it never came. Frustration, anger. I, I don't, especially in, in my home state of Texas. Man, oh man. Somebody warned me when I first took this job, don't don't say too much about yourself. Don't mention uh, where you live or, or, you know, any kind of personal information because there are crazies out there and someone will come to get you. And uh, I, I've broken all those rules. I've talked about myself. I've talked about where I live. Uh, I've talked about my kids and my wife. Uh, and, and that's just because I want this show to be as good as it can be. But I can tell you one thing, one fact that you should know about me, if you're a crazy person out there that I've shared many times, I conceal carry. And if you think I'm going to be an easy mark, if you ever come after me or, you know, a lot of my good friends, uh, guess what? I'm going to fight back. Uh, and, I, I don't say this to brag or tell anybody, hey, watch out, I'm going to get you. No, all I'm saying is the only thing that deters a bad person with a gun is a good person with a gun. 
And uh, I'd like to think I'm a good person. I carry a gun, and I'm proud of it. And uh, if I, I ever come across a situation, it hasn't happened yet, but if I ever come across a situation where there's a bad person with a gun, well, he's going to be surprised because this good person is going to have one too.